Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard here on the latest BYU Sports Nation. How long can BYU men's basketball afford to play without Foose? Plus the Zach Wilson starting situation in New York. On the next episode, we'll preview the matchup in hoops between the Utes and the 14th ranked Cougars. BYU looks to improve to 9-0. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern every day for BYUSN, always here on BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, how long can the Cougars afford to play without Foose in the post? The latest report ahead of the big game at Utah. How are we feeling about Zach Wilson getting the starting nod again for the Jets? Did he have to do it? The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, will join us to discuss how his expectations have changed for BYU men's hoops after an 8-0 start. Brad Prolo and Tanner Edwards of BYU Swim and Dive will recap their record-breaking performances and Brecken Mazingo is in the running for the top award in collegiate women's soccer. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store official outdoor BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, December 7th as we remember Pearl Harbor 82 years ago today. I am Jerem Jordan. He is Pro Bowl voter Jason Shepard. Yes, and by the way, I was at Pearl Harbor like three weeks ago. Yeah, you were. It was yeah. unbelievable. It's very sober. It was, Absolutely. it was what an experience. I will never forget that. Um, and obviously just up the, the hill from Pearl Harbor is Aloha Stadium where they used to hold the, uh, the Pro Bowl. And uh, so that was kind of cool to see. But uh, Fred Warner, Puka Nakua, top 10 in Pro Bowl voting at their positions. How about that? Fred makes sense. Puka has obviously emerged as this popular player. He's got a great personality. The hair looks amazing. Uh, it's as been a, always. It's been a fun year. It has been a fun year. And it's, it's fun. Like, yeah, Fred. NFC would... West guys. We're missing a Seahawk there, I guess. But <laughs> well, who cares about the Cardinals? Yeah, nobody. Nobody, clearly. No, no. Not even Kyler Murray. No, so barely. Playing video games. doesn't even work. It, but it, it's, it's cool. Here's the other question, though. Should Taysom Hill have his own category in Pro Bowl voting? Yeah, like because you can't it, fit him into like one specific category. You know what he'd be perfect in is the Pro Bowl. Like just yeah, you can do whatever with Taysom in that game. What is the Pro Bowl anymore? I don't, I don't even. First of all, I, I don't even know where it's going to be played. It is, is it the, Orlando. It is the All Star game. I care the least about. Probably because they don't actually play hard yeah. or tackle. Like it's you're going to get hurt, right? It was flat, literally flag football last year, well, which, which I can or- go out and watch uh, here at BYU. Is so. it in Orlando this year? Because I know it's not in, it's no not in Hawaii anymore. Was it in Vegas again? Or maybe it is in Vegas. I think they're getting it because they, they, got, they had it taken away because of the COVID stuff. I think they were supposed to get a couple like things. Like 116 pages? Like, what are we talking wow. about? Wow. Okay. Like, whoa, whoa, wow, crazy. I don't believe that's it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Tiki back to block it away. Corner three for Waterman. Khalifa for three. Now for three. Uh, many threes. When you lead in makes and takes, that's uh, what you get. Uh, BYU men's basketball, 8-0. Tons of amazing metrics. Still number one in net, by the way. Hang a banner outside the Merritt Center, inside the Merritt Center, whatever. BYU's been uh, All of it? BYU's been shorthanded all year, Shep. Uh, no Dawson Baker yet. Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson have played a little hurt to start the season. Ali Khalifa missed a few games. Now BYU continues to play without Foos. According to John Rothstein of CBS Sports, not expected to play against Saturday. We don't know when exactly he's going to be back, but it might be a little bit. So, Shep, how long can BYU afford to play without Foos? Look, I look and say I think, I think realistically BYU could probably afford another month without Foos. That long? Yeah, I, I think it's very – look, outside of Utah – 
And let's make it very clear. BYU is the better team going into this matchup. They're the ranked team. Yeah. They have more wins. Yeah. They've been tested more. So BYU absolutely should win this game on Saturday. Make no bones about it. But you still have to play the game. It's in Salt Lake City, which adds another degree of difficulty. BYU's already won a game in Salt Lake City. Exactly. That, that game against Utah, everything else non-conference, BYU should win those games. Yeah. No. So you're talking about if you go – Foose has already missed what? It's been about two weeks, it's, roughly. It's two games. It's almost three. Yeah, almost. Because so, it was the first yes, half three correct. games ago against the – So you're talking about for sure two weeks where he's already missed, almost three like you just said. Another month puts you at six to seven weeks – I think the very first conference game that BYU plays in the Big 12 is at home against Cincinnati. Let's say you don't have them for that. That's fine. The next game is the one I think you, you want to have your full complement, whether it's Foos, Dawson, Baker, ever. You want to have everybody back when you go to who, what now is number six, Baylor. That's, to me, kind of the game. Like, if we can have everybody back and healthy and ready to go, that's the game. So I think, honestly, yep. I think BYU, the way that they're playing, the way that they have distributed the minutes, the shots, how efficient the team is playing right now and shooting the basketball, I think you can, I think you can get through the next month and be okay. I agree. I act surprised just to throw you off. Uh, it didn't work. Yeah, at Baylor is the game you need Foose back for. You don't need Foose, per se, for at Utah, Denver, Georgia State, Bellarmine, or Bellarmine if you're from the South, Wyoming, Cincinnati. Like, what uh, Ali Khalifa and Atiki Ali Atiki have shown us is that it's going to be okay. Those guys are super serviceable and even good uh, in the front court. BYU plays great team defense, too. They're guarding the three-point line well. They're helping out. They're communicating. They're connected. Offensively, they're putting teams in a bind because they're scoring so much and so fast that teams – Feel a little rushed and sped up. They get a little, uh, you know, they're down quickly in games. And so it affects kind of the game plan of what you came in and how patient you may or may not be. And certainly BYU's win against San Diego State, Arizona State, NC State, and Evansville makes you think BYU's certainly capable of being okay, um, you know, with, without Foos for some of those games as we've seen. Yet, yeah, at Baylor, you need the best you yes. can be. Yep. Like be all that you can be in the Army or whatever. Like you need to show up in that one. But can BYU get to that point at 14-0? and like, that's a real possibility. And at worst, 12-2, and two, let's say you stumble at Utah, that'd be a huge disappointing yep. loss, the way BYU's playing right now and where they are in the metrics and da-da-da. And maybe there's, you know, Cincinnati catch the dome. Cincinnati hasn't played as tough a schedule at BYU, but they are also undefeated. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But I, if you would have told me like a month ago, hey, no foos for a spell, I'd be like, oh, BYU might be in trouble. Yeah. They have shown that this is truly a team. There, there's not – like Dawson Baker, I, I've said this before – I was told by one person, hey, he might be our best guard. And BYU hasn't even had him yet. <laughs> like, the way that BYU is playing, they are way bigger than one or yeah. two people. Like, they can sustain a little bit here because they've got a great team and they're playing so well. Certainly, you want Foose. And you look at the numbers with and without. Pre pretty good. The rebounds are definitely affected when Foose is not in, right? Plus right. 10 is still a massive number. Like, 17 and a half is silly. Uh, Noel Waterman provides a little bit of an angle here, which is nice. Not a true kind of front court player. He practices with them, but he's he's a tall three, a stretch four. So BYU's got some versatility here. I do want to ask you this: like, how, how are you? And we'll get to this in our question of the day in a moment. But how are you handling 
the success of BYU men's basketball right now? Because there are varying degrees right. of this with people, I'm, which is our question of the day. Continue to win. Yeah, answer. I'm just enjoying the ride. Yeah. This is so much fun because we really just didn't know what type of team we were going to see early on. Because you, Well, we felt like we knew what they'd be, and they are not that. Well, and, yeah. and so Better than last year, they, but they how are, much? They are better yeah. than we expected, and oh it's, gosh, it's yeah. not just the record. It's the way that they're playing. And I, I mentioned a second ago – it's just how efficient they are. And look, having, having guys, having a healthy Trevin Nell is massive. Little did we know that the single influence how, yes. he would have. How that, that injury was so significant that, you know, it, it, it essentially kept him out for almost two years, really, from being 100%. And so now the fact that you've got him back and he's healthy and his superpower is being able to shoot and he's killing it right now. So you have that, and then what, what Jackson Robinson has had coming off the bench. I always thought, and I, I even said going into this year, to me, Jackson Robinson was our best Big 12 player. Like, he fits – he could go to any other Big 12 team and fit right in. It, it, when you get an SEC guy yes. that uh, w- with his length and yep. shooting ability, the ceiling's super high. It took him a season it, and to kind of figure it out. His command – when he's on the floor, is effortless. He knows exactly where he needs to be. He knows exactly where his teammates need to be. It's almost like I'm watching him in the Matrix. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's seeing everything in those little green, you know, the data just the going binary, up. binary, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like exactly. he, just see every, he just seems to know exactly where to be. So it's, it's not just the record, which by itself at 8-0 is just crazy, but how they're playing and how they're winning and how dominant they're looking and how efficient they are, it's all of it. I'm just enjoying the ride because not only is it, is it fun to watch, this is just a fun team. It's a fun style. Everything about it is fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun when you lead the country and all that. I'll take all of that <laughs> and more, please. That is, uh, that is good. I, I'm convinced that because in our churches there is a gym, that BYU should always lead the country in three-pointers. Like, makes, takes, all that. Like, why wouldn't we? What is the point of those gyms outside of the Christmas breakfast or dinner? Other than that, that stat, I am very happy that BYU is number one in makes and takes. Uh, yeah. Can you I, imagine how good this team would be if we played on carpet? Oh, my God. <laughs> like the short carpet? That's the worst. <laughs> the Berber? The dispensation of the fullness of times did not include carpeted gyms. Come on, man. Let me tell you, that's next level. If we go, if we carpet the Marriott Center floor right now, next level. If I'm just I walk, if I walk into the spirit world and the church gym is carpeted, I'm like, is there an exit? Where else can I go here? All right, let's uh, let's switch gears from hoops to football. Um, Zach Wilson's in the news. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's been going on with the former Cougar quarterback. Yep. Yes. Uh, Zach Wilson has been named the Jets starter for what sounds like the rest of the season. Jets head coach Wait, Robert Salas says Rogers is see, coming back. He hopes it's for the rest of the season. Uh, do you consider the next five weeks basically an audition tape for Zach? Well, he's under contract for next year. Unless they trade him, he's a Jet next year, and then he has a fifth-year option, which absolutely will not be picked well, it's up. He's under contract, but his, his – it's not a guarantee. His, his signing bonus is all that's guaranteed. They could still cut him. I'm not expecting right. that. I would think they're going to try right. to trade him if they don't want him. Right. You take the cap hit if you want. But Correct. Like, like, as of now, he's under contract for a fourth year. They're not going to pick up a fifth-year option. Unless Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back fully healthier, gets hurt again, and then he's supposed to be the guy for another year. But I don't see any way that Zach Wilson is the starter after this year with the New York Jets. Like, he's, he's going to move on to another team. Da, da, da. This situation – 
this situation is super weird because there are two sides to this coin. One, you, you humbly accept it. You come back in. You're a good teammate. But also, it's tough for the self-respect of Zach because they've done him no favors with, one, uh, blocking him, the run game, the way he's been treated there. But two, last year, the other side of this is he kind of looked entitled after one of the games and he was upset and people got mad at kind of how Zach was perceived. And then coming out of Corner Canyon and BYU, there was a certain perception, which we know isn't entirely accurate, getting to know Zach here at BYU, is he almost had to do this to offset what happened last year in that regard. He can't really come out and say, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, you guys have done me no favors. I'm not going to do this. The, the higher road, the higher ground here was to actually come back and have a good attitude and be the guy. And so I can respect Zach for what he did there. Yet, they have done him no favors. So if he had been like, nah, oh, I got an ankle, like I yeah. can't do, you know, make up some excuse. So I, I, could, I, I could respect Zach in either direction if he had gone there. Like, it, I, he has to be the guy. Now, I just don't want him to get hurt. I want him to look good enough yeah. and give himself a chance to go be someone else's backup somewhere in the future and hopefully get a better opportunity. He told us coming out of BYU, when we asked him, what's the best system or team that would fit your skill sets? He said Niners. He was one pick away from Niners. He was one pick away from being in front of Brock Purdy, where they never even drafted him, potentially. And maybe he has more success there. I don't know. There are correlations with Jimmer and Zach in terms of how much is on those guys versus the teams they're on and the systems and whatnot. All we know here is we want our guy to succeed, yeah. and that is Zach Wilson. And so I wish him the best with the Jets, but the Jets have done him no favor. It, it is the next five weeks. It is an audition tape, and it's an audition tape whether it's for New York or for any of the other teams in the NFL. So it's 100% an audition tape. And I, I have to give Zach the utmost credit for how he has handled this season because last year, you know, um, things did not go like he wanted them to. And he came back. And he has handled every situation to the best that he possibly could. And you have to give him credit, especially in a media market like New York City, where they are always on you. And, and that, look, every market's going to be on somebody if, if the team's not winning. But I think he has handled it as best as he possibly could this season. He's done everything that he could. He's in such a bad situation because you want to play, because you want to show what you can do and you want to show why you were the right pick in the first place but then for all the reasons that you mentioned the team is horrible they've treated you do you want to play like garbage yeah and and so it's it's like do I want to go out and risk an injury because nobody can block anybody on this team but then yeah. you have to think to yourself there's only so many of these jobs in the NFL and you you can't be choosy if if someone's going to give you the opportunity you have to take it so he's in such a bad spot because you want to play, you want to showcase your skills, but also at the same time, you, you don't want to get beat up and you don't want to look bad for, for reasons that are out of your control. And what, what good comes from this? Like, people respect Zach for being a good teammate and trying hard and whatnot. But on the field, like, is this going to go well? Like, I, I don't see how – why is it going to be drastically different than it was? I don't see it. I, I think it's not going to go well. Here's the wild card. And nothing really changes other than, hey – Zach went back in there. Here's the wild card for me, and it's Aaron Rodgers. And it's not in terms of, like, who's the starter. But if Aaron Rodgers says – and we know how he feels about Zach. Yeah. He, he is a big proponent of Zach Wilson, and it's been awesome to see how he has taken him under his wing, both, you know, on the field and off. 
if if Aaron Rodgers, who who comes back and assumes we assume he's going to be healthy and is going to be ready to be the starter next year, if he says to the Jets, "I want Zach Wilson back. I want the opportunity." to be able to help him in his career. And he can convince Zach to go along with it. If I'm to, Zach, I'm like, give me to me, here. To me, that's Get the wild card. If yeah. Aaron Rodgers can convince both sides, both the Jets and Zach, to be a part of things again next year, to me, that's the wild card. Why would Zach want that? I don't just know. Just because of Aaron? He just likes Aaron that much? Well, he, he may he may. Do they need the to benefit. go on a darkness retreat? He Is may that what they need? the benefit of, of a full year under and because at that point, then, then you are a free agent, and then you can kind of see yeah. what happens. So I just think that's the wild card is if Aaron yeah. Rodgers steps in. Yes, I just – from the beginning, man, I've been saying since since 20, I don't like Zach and the Jets. Like, it just – it has not I would, worked out. I would love for him to go to another place where he can actually just sort of I learn. dare say almost anywhere else. Yeah. Like, not the Giants, because you want to get out of New York, I would say. But oh, it's just been – it's been tough. Dude, I would love to see him come to, to Kansas City and back up Mahomes. Now, the problem with that is Mahomes doesn't miss games. Right. So, I want to see Zach play, certainly. Right. But like, in terms of a system yes. and somebody like Andy Reid sure. to have as your head coach, sure. like that would be fantastic for maybe, Zach. Maybe that's a, just a reparation period for him for a couple years. But, hey, Zach was asked this week about what this has been like emotionally. Here's what he said. Well, it's definitely made me stronger, no doubt. You know, and I, I understand the situations. You know, as a, as a quarterback, when you're not – and the offense isn't doing well, you know, like I've said to you guys before, like, I get it, you know, I do, and it's, it's tough, we're, we're all trying to find a way, we're all, at the end of the day, it's a business, right, we gotta, we gotta score, we gotta, we gotta win games, and, you know, I understand that, and I think it was harder on me in the past, and I think now I feel like I'm in a good spot mentally to just keep going, and understand it's part of the game, and, and uh, appreciate that. He's grown a ton over this period, yeah. he, he's had to. Um, you know, and, and so I respect uh, Zach for that I, and hope for the best for him. And the best is not in New York, in my opinion. It's got, it's got to be somewhere. Our poll question of the day is this. How are you handling BYU men's basketball success this season? We're seeing various, like, emotions, speaking of, around this, right? So we've got a couple options. You can weigh and say whatever you want, but we do have a poll as well. Enjoying the ride, wait and see, not sustainable. Enjoying the ride, 71%. Hey, yeah. we're both in that category. Why wouldn't we right now? Why wouldn't we? Wait and see, 24%. Not sustainable, 5%. Neil A. Calderwood on Facebook. With a wait and see expectancy. I'm very excited at how well BYU is playing. But the Big 12 is a superior conference. BYU will face many tough opponents. The connection there for me, Shep, is I am so excited to see that BYU will compete yes. well in the league. At the beginning of the season, it was like, okay, I don't know. It's probably going to be super tough. Four, five, six wins would be nice. It's like, hey, maybe this team can get in the seven-plus range where they are in the NCAA tournament. It's like, yes, this this team has t- showed us nothing but that they are going to compete at a high level in that league. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it feels like it's in the seven to eleven win range, which is wild. Well, look, and I love it. What is the non-conference for? It's to find out what you've got, smoke some fools, get gain confidence, because BYU ease up a little bit, and in prepare that. yourself. Yeah for your conference season. And I, yep. you've got to give credit to how the coaching staff has put this schedule together. I love it. It's they One have, true road game. Yes. Two others out of the state. You don't they need have things, crazy yes. in the Big 12. They have tipped things in, in their favor yep. to try and see what they had, to build some confidence. And along the way, this team has come out and played so well. It's awesome. It, it really has been fun to watch. I've jokingly called it like a St. Mary's, like, uh, you know, skit, which is good. Yeah. Like, St. Mary's ain't playing in the Big 12, though. You know what I mean? And St. Mary's didn't play like this. 
Okay, continue to weigh in on our uh, question of the day on X, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV's app and on ESPN+. Greg Rubel and the head coach of the Cougars, Mark Pope, will recap the 8-0 start, being number one in the net, and they'll preview the matchup with uh, the Utah Utes on Saturday with Trevin Nell as the player guest. Tonight. Trevin, he's got a new puppy now in the house. Ooh. There's a lot going on in the Nell household. Coming up, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel on the men's hoops. Spectacular start and big game at Utah. This is BYU Sports Nation. Jackson Robinson. Bull takes it, makes it. Good! Trevin now. And his layup is good. Scooping with the right hand and scoring. Hey, when you're winning, calling games is the best. It's the best. Yeah. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, Gregor Bell's been calling a bunch of wins this year for men's basketball. It's And Greg, welcome to the show. It's Good morning. Hi. It's fun morning, to watch Greg. BYU men's basketball right now. I can't remember a more connected team in maybe BYU history, like this This is an unbelievable beginning to what we hope is a spectacular season. Yeah, the, 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 the phrase this season is borrowed from Ken Palm, minutes continuity. It's a stat you'll find at the bottom of his team breakdown, and it references the amount of minutes or percentage of minutes your team is playing this year from the guys who played those minutes last year. And BYU's minutes continuity percentage is high. It's top 25. And you're seeing the value of getting old right? Team, let's get old. And they got old. And, and most everybody from last year are the same parts of this year. A couple of notable exceptions. Trevin Nell, part of the team for a long time, but didn't play last year, contributing a lot right now. 12 plus points a game, shooting high 40s, mid 40s three. So Trevin Nell is a huge addition, but part of the program. And then Ali Khalifa. Um, the NC State game becomes the one you look back and you go, wow, how big was that for BYU? Losing Foose early, what do you do? Ali hadn't been playing. They bring him in playing, I think, 27 minutes that night. Helps them get that big win. Has since been able to have consecutive starts. So of the newcomers that Mark Pope brought in, there were really only two, right? Dawson Baker, Ali Khalifa, Marcus Adams, really not a factor right now because of the waiver issue. So of the two, Ali's been, been the only one to play. But man, what a role he's played in those minutes. And then when Dawson Baker joins the show, though, then you've got a, a whole you know, different scenario uh, to the positive for, for BYU as well. So the, the, this, this very cool combination of all the veteran experience, the getting old part, the reinsertion of Trevin Nell, the addition of Ali Khalifa, the waiting for Dawson Baker, it's a really intriguing team. And then, of course, the numbers they're putting up are, are exceptional. You know, you talk about what do you do in the Big 12? How do you compete in the Big 12? And, and I think we thought that if they could just do something exceptionally, be an outlier in a really positive way, what might that thing be? And the easy thing to look to was, well, maybe they could be a really good three-point shooting team again, a la Mark Pope's first year in 2019-20. And here they are, leading the nation in three-point attempts and three-point makes. And that's the exceptional part of a really solid all-around offense. That's the positive outlier part. They are so unique in that respect and doing it so much better. That's the thing that will make BYU hard to defend for every Big 12 and every team they see this year. They'll have to worry about that one thing that BYU does better than almost anybody else in college basketball. You look at all of the rankings and the metrics right now, and BYU number one in the net. We know that right now they're 14th in the AP, 13th in the coaches poll. It's, it's slipping my mind where they are in Kim Palm. Six. Six. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. They were five for a few minutes the yeah. last couple nights, but yes, yeah, six. So put into perspective <laughs> what, what all of these metrics and rankings mean for BYU. Well, you can't really fool the computers because they'll adjust for your opponent's strength. 
And, and so, yeah, every, and every team this time of the year plays a few sub-200, 300 Ken Palm teams, but they adjust for that. The numbers are real. What they're doing translates. And, and so you're not rigging or fooling anybody right now. You are an offense, you're, you're an efficient offense that's exceptional three-point shooting, that's really good at rebounding at both ends of the floor. And, and three-point defense may be a bit of a misnomer, but they have the lowest three-point percentage allowed at the same time. What a great combination to be the best three-point team in one way and to allow a lower percentage than any other team uh, on three-point shots the other way. And, and so what is, you know, what is BYU not doing well right now? The answer is almost nothing. I mean, everything you want to be good at, they're good at. Shooting a ton of free throws. But when you make threes, you don't it's need it. okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the percentage of, of, of points they score on free throws has come down as the percentage, percentage of points they score on threes has gone way up. I'll take so threes. So you'll, you'll take the compensation. Yeah. Um, the, the turnover percentage number, uh, I, I think it's kind of lost a little bit, but they were, they were over 20% on turnover rate last year, meaning one of every five possessions was going empty. Yeah. Okay? Over 20 is hard to win a lot of games that way. They're under 15 right now. Dropping at five plus percentage points is, is a massive improvement, and and you know that's that's three or four possessions a game that suddenly aren't going empty, but giving you a look. And the way BYU is getting looks right now and making them, uh, that, that's been a huge factor as well. Okay, because I know you're a huge fan of both. Uh, are you a bigger fan of BYU being number one in the net, or Rush, or <laughs> of the 1993 Beats, movie Sandra Bullock, <laughs> The Net? Uh, I, I will go with being number one in the net. Big Sandy Bullock fan, and who's not? Yeah. But American can't sweetheart. Say, can't, can't say that I'm too conversant with that one. Okay. Yeah. I remember watching that movie thinking, she's ordering pizza online. Yeah. What is this? Wow. <laughs> Let's go back to War Games, the movie in the 80s. And that was one that blew me away. I yeah. want to say that might have aired on BYU TV at some point. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. Huge game at Utah. This is the one true road game. Um, and and this is, there's a lot of true to that. A lot of BYU fans, I think, are going to be in the house. I think more youths then show up regularly at men's basketball games will be there as well. Yeah. What kind of environment and opportunity do you see for BYU in, in let's be honest, this feels like a really, really big game for the Cougars. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll be as many BYU fans as the Jimmer from half court game, <laughs> because that, 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 that at one point started to feel like a home game. Um, but I, I think a lot of BYU blew in the stands on, on Saturday afternoon. And yeah, it, it's, it, it's kind of the, uh, the game you're looking at. Okay, yes, they're eight and no. Yes, they're one and net. Yes, they're six in Ken Palm. Yes, all these things are great. Can they do it in someone else's building? Because they'll get only the one chance to do it before they get into Big 12 play. And by the way, this isn't a true outlier. There are dozens of teams that haven't played a true away game yeah. yet. Uh, in fact, half the Big 12 hasn't played a true away game yet. So BYU is not doing something crazy here. It's a pretty normal preseason. But in this instance, um, I think BYU realizes that with this many quad ones you're going to see in league, you can be a little home heavy, and it won't hurt you at all. Um, but yeah, the, the Utah's an interesting team. They're, they're, they're a top 50 Ken Palm team. They're a pretty good offensive team, generally speaking. It's, it's in their three-point defense that I think um, the, 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 the focus has to go, because that was going to be Evansville's weakness this past Tuesday, was they had a lot of, of three-point looks and a pretty high percentage of three-point makes, and Utah's in the same vein. They allow a lot of three-point looks, allow a high three-point percentage, and a high percentage of opponent points scored on threes. So if BYU can have a good to average night from three, that'll be a challenge for Utah. The Brennan Carlson thing we yeah. watch uh, didn't play Tuesday. I, I think the, the presumption was that they, that they rest him with the hope to have him ready for, for the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, these Utah-BYU games always tend to take on a unique personality. And, in fact, it was Mark Pope's first year with BYU. Took a really good team up there. 
Um, well, this was, of course, was the, 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 the Jake Yoli-TJ team that ends with COVID, right? 17-18-point uh, lead, losing overtime. Um, Yoli cramps up in that game. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so, you know, you never know with this one. You never know. BYU's done well, and it's a small sample size without Foos, certainly. But we were discussing in trending, how, how long can BYU afford to not have him? How, what's, yeah. how do you look at that? Not that you can look past these next four games after Utah, but if they could, if, if they could find a way to win at Utah without last season's leading scorer and rebounder, um, that, then I think you, you've, you've probably passed your toughest test between now and, and Big 12 play. And, and the way that Ali and Atiki and Noah are, are kind of combining to fill those minutes inside, however you want to you know, factor it out, um, it's been really impressive because, again, you're not just losing a piece. That was like the piece from last year's team. And to do it without him right now and kind of not miss a beat, not just win games but still be winning by 20 and 30 and 40 points, that, that, that's super impressive. Um, but I, I, I'd hope that if you can just get past the Utah game, you can find a way to cobble together um, enough to get through the next four at home before you start Big 12 play. The, the hope, you know, if I had the wish list, it would be, the Christmas wish list would be uh, get Foose and Dawson Baker back for league and, and see what your team looks and like. And a PS Live. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Those days are past. For me. Yeah. For the, for the grandkids. Uh, yeah, for the I, kids, I, yeah. A good book, you know, so yeah. A, a good book and a, just and a, a nice fireplace. warm fireplace. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, how has this start adjusted your expectations, if at all, for how BYU could play in the Big 12? Well, I, th I think if the expectation was try and get into some kind of postseason situation, it's now gone to what kind of seeds you're going to get in the NCAA tournament. And there's a lot of basketball to play between now and then. But the way they played has prompted that kind of discussion. Uh, you go from nowhere in Lunardi to a four seed in the span of a few weeks. And in Salt Lake, we're like, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, so, so life comes at you fast, uh, the way BYU is playing. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and, and so much to be done. And, and this thing is still going to be a gauntlet. Um, but yet again, I think the expectation is well, maybe you could possibly squeak into something at the back of the league. And now you're saying, well, no, let's go compete. Let's go see where this thing takes us. Because you already know that the Big 12 is going to give you a chance to be, at the very worst, um, uh, a middle-of-the-pack NCAA tournament team uh, with, with the hope of maybe finding yourself in the upper tier by the, way, you know, by, the, uh, by the time this thing is all said and done. So the great depth of this league gives you a lot of leeway uh, to lose a game here or there and still not feel like, because remember how it is in the WCC, the minute you drop a game at Pepperdine, you're like, uh-oh. You know, the minute you lose at San Diego, it's like, uh-oh, uh, what's this going to do? And, and now you can, you can have a bad night and not have it bite you. It's literally the worst loss in the Big 12 would be a quad two. There's no quad three, quad fours. Yeah. That it, as of now, I don't see that uh, happening either. What do you think it means for this team? It, we, we see all the, the rankings and the metrics, and, and that's one of the reasons why they're getting talked about. But to have a John Rothstein or Fran Fraschilla or all these guys on some of these national uh, podiums talking about BYU on social media and how impressed they are for this team, how big is that? Well, we, we've seen a lot of the BYU logo between football and, and basketball this season nationally. And, and so you're already seeing the, the, the rising tide lifting all boats for BYU, which is great to be in that yeah. mix. Um, you know, the, 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 the bottom of the screen crawl, however the case is going to be, uh, the BYU name and logo and product is getting mentioned and seen and heard a lot. And it just means you're part of the club, right? And, and Mark Pope, uh, you're going to see his face a lot more and hear his voice a lot more. And, and that's a good thing because he's a great representative of BYU, everything it is. And, and his energy uh, kind of mirrors the energy of the program right now. So uh, these, are, these, are, these are halcyon days for BYU uh, hoops. And, and really, even though football had the, the end it did to the season, some disappointment there, 
they, they, they gave themselves a, a, a starting line, a measuring stick, and, and hopefully move forward from here. It was a year ago today, I think BYU announced the hiring of, of Jay Hill. We should be finding out here in, in probably days to come, new additions to a coaching staff, what kind of energy and tactical know-how that will bring, and it'll bring thoughts to spring and summer and, and improvements BYU can make. So uh, these are great days to be a Cougar. Hey, we, we've got weeks more of the portal. we got a lot cooking <laughs> we're, here. We're just off a of soccer right? final four yeah. last what, week. What I mean, run, again, yeah. the logo, the name, it's out there. And, and BYU's in a really good spot right now. Awesome. Greg, Thanks, we Greg. appreciate the time. Always we'll, good to be here. We'll see you Saturday. I'm, going to, I'm going to the game, baby. Okay. Let's go. All right, 14th ranked BYU basketball heading north to face Utah Saturday night. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Cougar pregame live begins at 6 Eastern time. Tip off in Salt Lake City is at 7 Eastern. After the break, a big time mention for Brecken Mozingo in soccer. And which duo is tops in what sport in the country right now? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Make sure you follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Ross Dellinger just tweeting a moment ago, or Xing, what are we tweeting? Can we say that? He X'd. Kansas is expected to hire former Beeler and BYU offense coordinator Jeff Grimes as the offensive coordinator telling Yahoo Sports. So. Uh, from what we were hearing, Grimes was out uh, perhaps the last couple of days of BYU. That would make sense why. Yeah. Because uh, if you're going to be the OC, you're getting a fatter paycheck. Grimes than and being Lawrence. a position coach. Yep, there you go. And uh, they lost their offensive coordinator to Texas A&M. Is that correct? Can't remember. I don't know. I, can't, I think it was Texas A&M. Okay. But, but uh, I, may, I may be wrong. I have to double check on that one. They had a great year on offense. Yep. Uh, that that OC there you go. Move on. Jeff okay. Grimes staying in the Big 12, heading to Lawrence. We will see him soon enough. Uh, welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy. He's Jason. Let's get to today's headlines. Speaking of BYU football, BYU cornerback Eddie Heckard and punter Ryan Rico were named honorable mention All-Americans by College Football Network. Heckard finished the year with five interceptions, a sack, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and two touchdowns. As for Rico, he was second in FBS in punt average and was third in total punts and punt yardage. And, and by the way, um, Penn State is is where the uh, the previous Kansas OC was. Gotcha. And BYU does host Kansas uh, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium this season. So we'll see uh, Jeff Grimes again soon enough. There you go. Niners linebacker Fred Warner, first among linebackers, and Rams wide receiver Pukunikua, seventh among receivers in the first wave of Pro Bowl voting. They got all your votes, Shep. Nice job. Voting ends on Christmas Day. Warner 15th in the league in tackles. Nikua 7th in the NFL, first among rookies in receiving yards, and 11th in receptions. He has over 1,000 yards already. Very impressive. John Rothstein from CBS Sports reported yesterday that Fusini Traore is uh, not practiced since getting injured against North Carolina State and is questionable to play in the game Saturday at Utah. Traore right now averaging 10.2 points and 5.5 rebounds on the season. And women's soccer senior forward Brecken Mozinga, one of three finalists for the Mac Herman Trophy Award, the Heisman of women's soccer. Mozingo led the Cougars in goals with 14 assists, 15 points, 43 shots, 89, and swag with 174. As the Cougars ended the season, ranked number four in the country, 23 and three, second college cup in the last three years. The winner will be announced on January 5th. Okay, those are today's headlines. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, PFF has Fred Warner as the top-graded linebacker this season. Do you think he should be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation? 
Um, yes and no. Uh, Michael Parsons and yeah. Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa and TJ Watts and Max Crosby have been pretty stinking good. Those are your odds on favorites, by the way, in Vegas. So, he, yeah, he's been awesome. Like, the DPOY, maybe not, but he's been great. Maybe a strong finish gets him into that combo. Yeah, I mean, I, I think his play every year will have him in the combo. He's going to be top ten. Michael Parsons is going to win that award. He's been he's so been fantastic. It's, trust yeah. me, I saw it firsthand, uh, like, last <laughs> Thursday or whatever. Big 12 beat the Big East seven – when I say firsthand, I'm not fucking uh, – against Seahawks. Beat the Big East 7-4 in this year's Big 12 Big East battle. Do these bragging rights extend to BYU despite the Cougars not playing in it? You better believe it does. We're Big one, 12. We're one Big for all, right? 12. We're one for all. The Big 12 does something that's us. Three Musketeers? That's Look at you, saying. bro. Look at you. You better believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, are we, really... when are we printing the banners and the t-shirts? Well, we've already printed the number one in net thing, so <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, Trevor Nell and Dallin Hall are the top performing teammate duos on yeah, the court dude. together in the country, according to Evan Miyakawa's adjusted efficiency metric. Is this We're the hearing best... that a lot of the, yeah. that kind of stuff. Is this the best duo in any sport at BYU right now? Ooh, it's pretty good. I would argue Mozingo Katoa women's soccer is pretty good. Gustin Wolston's pretty good. You could even put Whiting in there. Bauer Livingston, women's uh, volleyball, pretty good as well. So I would say it's up there. I, I personally, right now, I would call the Mozingo Katoa kind of forward pairing that BYU had in women's soccer perhaps the best I so am, far. There are I'm some gonna, other good ones, as I yes, mentioned. I'm going to go literal and say, since we're saying right now, since like basketball, as of, 10, as of 40, right now, time. because all these others, they're not playing right now. So, like, I don't. I don't feel like I'm gonna offend them. Does that like right now? No, but but I mean their season oh. is still going on right now. Oh. So I will say yes. Yeah, two days. Because they're playing. Well, what about Gustin Wilson? Then they're playing right now too. I'm, I'm a little better. Let me tell you, Lauren Gustin is. She's as they say the real deal. She she may be the best on campus. At what she does. At what she does. Mm. Like she may she, she is one Pretty of the best good. athletes on campus hands down. Yeah, there's some great ones. Yeah. Does she lift more than you? You think? I don't know. We haven't. We haven't. I, we I think haven't we should have a liftoff. I would love to see she it. Probably could lift more than me. Yeah. I put my money online. No offense to you. Just, well, com actually, complete. I, I was gonna complete say that offense is complete to you. Offense, complete offense to you. Hey, but hey, Lauren puts in the work. She deserves it. And you do too. But she puts in more. Amari White and Kaylee Wilson, averaging a combined 30 points per game. Speaking of a, a pairing here, 9.2 rebounds, 5.2 assists per game. Have they been better than you thought? Calling the women's games on the radio, you're watching them every morning. I knew game. they were going to be good. What my question was, anytime you have freshmen that come in, it's like how quickly can they how quickly can they be good? Can you do they, anything? They were they were good from day one. Yeah, from awesome. game number one, they have been fantastic. And it's not just the number, it's not just like the total points mm -hmm. or the rebounds or the assists. And, and Amari is fantastic with the steals. She leads the team in steals. It's how efficient they are shooting, especially Kaylee Wilson. Oh. Shooting yeah. the basketball, she's been phenomenal. I, Kaylee Wilson is as good at three-point shooting as as Lauren Gustin is at rebound. <laughs> yeah. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And for a freshman, she's just shooting the lights out. Getting 25 points in that backcourt between between Amari and Kaylee for freshmen and shooting as efficiently as they are, it's been fantastic. Yeah, that's wild, man. All right, Deion Sanders, or Coach Prime, as he likes to be referred to, said that he would have liked to have had a little bit more privacy <laughs> this season. Um, I'm sorry, what? Excuse me? Really? He literally brought in the cameras. Amazon when you're the one him. that brings in the cameras, you can't say, well, I didn't want the cameras. That, that's in your control. I have no empathy for this. No. You wanted this, and you got it. And you had a 3-0 start, and that was nice. I, what? Look, you can't, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube now, OK? <laughs> that's like, it's very out, hard to do. Have it's you ever tried out, that? It's impossible. Yeah. 
just like saying, literally, literally being Deion Sanders and then saying, I wish I had a little more privacy. It just doesn't go together. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that is Look, one of and the, I'm a pro that's one of the Coach Prime. Things. Like, I, I enjoy what he's doing at Colorado. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of it. It was fun at the Yes, I enjoyed here, it. They just went away. So I'm not bagging on him, but yeah, yeah you can't be. You can't have his personality and then say you want some privacy. It's like BYU saying we don't want firesides anymore. Like, what? No, that's part of the deal. We can have tunnel singing and, uh, you know, socks and, and sandals and cougar. This is what we do. You can't just get rid of it. Come on now. Coming up, record-setting swimmers Brad Prolo and Tanner Edwards join the program. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on this Thursday. Hey, two days out from BYU at Utah Men's Hoops. Let's go. But let's talk a little bit of swimming. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, who swam in high school. I did. I was so you are particularly school. excited about our next two guests, <laughs> who are Brad Prolo and Tanner Edwards. Guys, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you. Thank you for having Thanks us on. Okay, Brad, let's lead with you. Uh, you just qualified for uh, you know the Olympic trials, which is pretty exciting for the U.S. Uh, what was that like, man? Um, it was a great experience. So last week I was at the U.S. Open where there was probably about 30 Olympians there I was swimming against. Mm. And my goal going into it was just to qualify for the Olympic trials. There's a certain time base that you have to make every four years to qualify for Olympic trials. So that's my, that was my whole goal. But I did end up getting 13, so I was pretty happy about that as well. What was your hope going in? Hope just, was just qualifying. qualifying. Yeah, I did, I did not expect to get so highly placed in it. Yeah. Just qualify, and I was happy with it, but that was an added bonus to it as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And so for, so for those that, that aren't, aren't familiar, like what, what are the events that you guys participate in? What are, what are the strokes that you guys uh, are, are, yeah, are speak, best at? Speak swimmies here. Let's go. Yes. Swimmies. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for me, my best event is the 200 butterfly. Mm. I, oh, it's so hard. It's, it's the Michael Phelps one. That's what I like to tell people. Nice. But, I uh, somehow got good at that, and now I'm stuck with it, and I swim it all the time. Yeah, for me, uh, I'm a sprinter, so I do 100 backstroke, 100 butterfly, and 50 freestyle. I'm more of the, sh the shorter events. I can't yeah. do a, a 200 like that. <laughs> what, yeah, what, what does it take in terms of the different kind of training to be more of a sprinter versus distance? Yeah, so for sprinters, we do a lot of threshold, just a lot of 25s, one lap, two yep. laps as fast as you can, a lot of rest. You go back at it. Brad, on the other hand, he does a lot, a lot of laps that my yeah. body would not be able to handle. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tanner, you, you, you just got off your mission how long ago? Uh, a little bit over six months. So, so how, is it, how is it coming back and sort of getting back into this? Because some, some athletes, like if you're a basketball player, you can get shots up. There's no water on a mission. There's, you know, there's a scripture in the Doctrine Covenant, like no water. There. And it's all lungs. It's all, yeah. it's all about your lungs. And uh, being from South Carolina, the altitude here is is a big difference mm. you know when you go underneath the water that it's like double hard to breathe even so, in water even yeah, in water. yeah doesn't make sense yeah. but like like you said on my mission I, I wasn't able to swim um it's a completely different ball game um but i had an awesome mission president president sister Heyman. he actually uh was on the national championship football team for byu back in the 1980s nice and so he told me how hard it was going to be getting back into it but just to rely on jesus christ you know i serve the lord with all my heart and it's been very, very hard to get back in shape, but I'm slowly um, putting in the work. I can see the hand of Christ in my life to get me back to this point. That's a good point, because Tanner Mangum, after he threw like two Hail Marys, was on the Dan Patrick Show, and Dan Patrick asked him, do you think that God cares about sports? Like, who, and, and Tanner had the perfect response. He said, he doesn't care about who wins and loses, he cares about the individual. But he's helping you in your life be the best you can. I love that, Absolutely. that's great. 
What was your favorite thing about Portland, by the way? I lived in Portland as a kid. I love Portland. Um, well, the saying is, keep Portland weird. Yes. It's for sure weird. <laughs> but the, the, the people are amazing. They, yeah. They're loving. They care about you. Even if you're a missionary you've never met before, they'll have respect for you, which I love. Church super strong. BYU fans super, super strong. strong up in that area, which is cool. Brad, let's uh, talk to you. So your dad uh, said he played water polo at BYU? He did, yes. Like, so water, they had water a, runs in your family, clearly. Oh, they, yes. Did they have a club team back in the day? Because now yes. it's like intramural water polo yeah, only, like in tubes it, or whatever. It was a club back then, yeah. and he would he would say it was basically NCAA approved, but no, nah, it wasn't that. <laughs> he he loved – he swam when he was in high school as well and swam yeah. with some Olympians, and so he that's his claim to fame. But, yeah, I, I, I take pride in him and – playing water polo here as well. And your dad played football at BYU? Uh, my grandpa. Or, sorry, grandpa. Yeah, my grandpa played it, uh, 63 to 64, yeah. Really? Okay, 64, it would have been with Virgil Carter. That yep. was a good BYU So team. was yeah. BYU always the place for you guys? Was that, was that the goal for both of you? How, how, was, how did you guys come to be here at BYU? Um, so, so my dad actually swam at the University of Georgia. And so my whole life, me and my, my family have been huge Georgia fans. And so BYU was always the top choice just because being around the aspect of the church and the great culture, but always wanted to swim at Georgia. So it was between Georgia and BYU, but ultimately Heavenly Father needed me to come to BYU. So sorry, to BYU. sorry about Saturday's loss. That, yeah. was, that was tough, right? <laughs> it's okay. Alabama yeah. does it every time. So. <laughs> we beat them in 2021. Actually, fun fact, I've never seen Georgia win a national championship because I was on my You're mission. You're on your mission. Years. Look oh. at you, so. staying true and not watching. Yeah, my family said you need to go back to Portland after the loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I watched Ryan Millar in, uh, play for the United States in the Olympics on my mission. I was like, I'm too itch. I'm just going to watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not safety zone approved. Brad, um, what, what's, what's next for you in terms of uh, obviously later at the Olympic trials, doing your best in that, you qualified, but like this season with BYU? With BYU, uh, we just swam at Mizzou, which was our midseason meet. And my goal there was to qualify for the NCAA championships, which I luckily did. I got the time that I needed. So the end of the season, my goal is to get top eight in the nation, which would make me an All-American. and Like first-team All-American. First-team All-American. In the final, right? In the final. Yep. Get that big trophy. That's, that's my goal. So um, I'm in a pretty good place right now, and I'm happy about the, the results that, that came. How about you, Tanner? Uh, my goals this season um, is in our relays uh, to win the Big 12 championship, to beat teams like, like Texas, which would be huge momentum for BYU, especially first year. Um, in Big 12s into a final and the Big 12 championships and the 100 butterfly, 100 backstroke and 50 freestyle. How much has that added being in the Big 12 this year? And, and for those that may not necessarily know Big 12 swimming, what, who, who are some of the power schools in the sport? I would, Texas is definitely number one. They've won, I, don't, I can't tell you how many national championships they've won. They've won 40 something years straight in the Big 12. Wow. So they, they're a powerhouse team. But our goal this year is, is to come for them and, and beat them. So, where is the uh, Big 12 championships? It's in West Virginia, at their West, pool. Yeah. West Virginia, okay. Yeah. That'll be a fun trip. Uh, yeah, it'll be a long east. trip out there. But <laughs> when, when you were competing, did you go to Mizzou too and compete in that? Yes, sir. Where you're like, hey, SEC, I've checked that box. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was awesome experience. Also, the uh, the breathing was a lot bit easier because we were a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So you're like these South Carolina bit, lungs right? are doing right. all right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, in terms of, of swimming at BYU and kind of the next step for, for this program, and the pool has been upgraded the last couple of years and, and uh, some new coaches and whatnot, what's the next step for this program right now? I would say winning Big 12s uh, is the first step that we want, but we want to be ranked nationally. Uh, the goal this year is to be ranked nationally um, top 25, 
and I, we we think we can do that. But to be consistent in that in that ranking for the next fifty plus years, that'd be that'd be the goal for us. Be the new Texas in yeah. the Big Twelve. Be the new bounce. Texas, exactly. Yeah, let's go. When's when's your next uh, meet? Uh, it is in January, and I think it's here here okay. in at the at the pool, and I think it's against Air Force. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Let's go. BYU versus the Cadets of Air Force. Thanks, Let's guys. go. Thank well, Tanner and Brad, we appreciate coming in. Appreciate Best you. of luck. Thank you. Go Cougs. There we go. Go Cougs. Go Cougs, exactly. BYU women's basketball back in action against Boise State on Saturday at 4 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and on BYU Radio. It's the Kristen Kozlowski's Schools Bowl. Uh, <laughs> that's what that is. Coming up, who gets today's rise and shout out? This is BYU Sports Nation. It's presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. And please subscribe, rate, and review while you're there. On 3 Sports uh, has tweeted that uh, Miles Davis, running back for BYU, has entered the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens. Tis the season, right? Yep. Our question of the day, how are you handling BYU men's basketball success this season? Enjoying the ride, 71%. Wait and see, 25%, not sustainable, 4%. Those are the numbers. Brandon Palmer on Instagram. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for as long as I can. Why, why not? That's what we do on this program. Hey, let's well, go. As long as it's blue. That's right. That's right. That uh, intergalactic uh, Kool-Aid in Star Wars is blue, too. <laughs> Our elite uh, voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Ben Larson on Facebook. The Cougs are great and fun to watch. Barring any major injuries, I definitely feel like we have a great opportunity to reach unexpected heights. That's a new podcast to try and challenge the Kelseys. Uh, I, it would be fun to see them reach the top level in Big 12 play. They can keep playing as a team. I think it will happen. Go Cougs. Yeah, the way BYU is playing, they're going to compete better in the Big 12. What that looks like, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see some of these teams coming into Provo. I don't think they realize what type of environment they're coming into. And I'm so excited for home games in the conference. They know it's, it's big. Awesome. They know it's going to be loud. But once you get in it, it is different. Yep. Today's Rise and Shout Out is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Brecken Mazingo? We mentioned earlier in the show a finalist for the Mac Herman Trophy Award. It's essentially the Heisman of collegiate women's soccer. And uh, certainly good luck to Brecken. The Heisman's actually the Herman Trophy. Equivalent. Oh, but nice. Yeah. I like the way See you what did, I did that. There? Well done. See what I did there? Well done. Our thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel, Brad Prolo. Prolo! And Dan uh, Tanner Edwards. The conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all of our shows are on demand on BYUSN.com. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time. You didn't swim with BYU. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Brett Allen. Good swimmer in the early 2000s. Go Cougs! Hit him, <laughs> Nice.